Come Lord Jesus and send your spirit into our hearts and our minds that we might be inspired through your word to know your truth and to live according to that truth that it may set us free. And we pray this in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. Well, once again, thanks to Dean Limehouse and the staff here at Advent for the privilege of being able to stand in this pulpit Uh, For so long, for so many decades, the unvarnished word of God has been spoken from this pulpit and has been a blessing to the the, uh, Birmingham environment, but also to the uh, church at large. And it is truly a privilege to be able to stand uh, here where so many of the saints of the church have stood before. We're in the second part of a two-part series Uh, that was inspired by the painting that is on the front of all the promotional materials for this uh, Lenten series. That was a painting where you had uh, Pilate and Jesus standing face to face. Often we talk about Jesus standing before Pilate, but in reality when we read the Gospel, it's actually Pilate who is standing before Jesus. And the series, uh, uh, perhaps too cutely, is entitled Piloting Our Way Through Life. And yesterday we looked at that question that Pilate asked Jesus. Uh, Jesus had mentioned the fact that uh, he uh, came to reveal the truth, that he was a king. And Pilate looked at him and he said, what is truth? And then he walked away. And that was our question. Uh, The question that Uh, we looked at yesterday, the question that's really a part of our search through our life uh, in this world. The question of what is truth? And so yesterday we we stood with Pilate as he sought to interrogate Jesus and as he found himself actually being the one who was questioned. Jesus told Pilate that he came into the world to testify the truth. A statement that elicited from Pilate that question of what is truth? And then Pilate walks away from Jesus without waiting for an answer. But we remained. And we sought to understand the question. Discern where we might find the answer. And inquire into whether it really matters after all. What we concluded was that we asked the question about truth because we have an innate drive. And that drive is for significance and security. We have an innate drive to find meaning, to know why we are, and to know who we are. We realize that we can only find the answer through a relationship with the author of our story. A story that makes sense of our lives by giving our lives an overall context. And finally, we decided that the answer to the question is important Because only by knowing reality, in other words, only by knowing the truth, can we be free to be who we are meant to be. And that our freedom, the real freedom in this life, comes through a relationship with the author of life. And so that brings us to our topic today. The answer to the question, what is truth? From all we looked at yesterday, it follows that the answer is to be found in the who. The who question. Who is the author of reality? So to know the answer, we have to cultivate a knowledge of the author of our story. 
Our text for today again comes from John's Gospel, uh, this time in the 8th chapter, beginning at the 21st verse. Once more Jesus said to them, I am going away, and you will look for me, and you will die in your sin. Where I go, you cannot come. This made the Jews ask, Will he kill himself? Is that what he says? Where I go, you cannot come? But he continued, You are from below, I am from above. You are of this world, I am not of this world. I told you that you would die in your sins. If you do not believe that I am the one I claim to be, you will indeed die in your sins. Who are you? they asked. Just what I have been claiming all along, Jesus replied. I have much to say in judgment of you, but he who sent me is reliable. And what I have heard from him, I tell the world. They did not understand that he was telling them about his father. So Jesus said, when you have lifted up the Son of Man, then you will know that I am. And that I do nothing on my own, but speak just what the Father has taught me. The one who sent me is with me. He has not left me alone, for I always do what pleases him. Even as he spoke, many put their faith in him. To the Jews who had believed in him, he said, If you hold fast to my teaching, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. They answered him, We are Abraham's descendants. We have never been slaves of anyone. How can you say that we shall be set free? Jesus replied, I tell you the truth. Everyone who sins is a slave to sin. Now a slave has no permanent place in the family, but a son belongs to it forever. So if the son sets you free, you will be free indeed. The word of the Lord. For this passage, it it would seem, it would appear, that the truth revolves around Jesus, his death, our sin, and our freedom. Jesus told the Jews, when you have lifted up the Son of Man, then you will know I am. And he continued by saying, if you hold fast to my teaching, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. In these verses, we are told that somehow by knowing who Jesus is, we can know the truth. And by knowing the truth, we can be freed from some sort of bondage. It appears to be an intimate and intense learning curve since since we can only know him and experience true freedom by becoming and remaining his disciples. It is implied in this passage that we cannot know the truth on our own. No matter how much education we have, how prosperous we are, how powerful we are in this world, we cannot know the truth without humbly submitting ourselves to Christ. The truth may come from Jesus, but we can only access the truth through a relationship with him. Now in our day, we tend to throw this word disciple around a bit loosely. 
Uh, it's not unusual to hear someone describing another person as a, as, a, as a disciple of a famous person merely because he holds the same opinion uh, as that established authority. Uh, in the same manner, a coach uh, is said to be a disciple of a proven winning coach, let's say Bear Bryant, because he trains his players by the same techniques or employs a similar strategy uh, in order to win games. But just agreeing with Jesus, or selectively imitating Jesus, or even calling Jesus our Savior, does not make us his disciples. Being a disciple entails much more. Jesus says, if you hold fast to my teaching, you are really my disciple. To hold to Jesus' teaching is to continue to follow him when he shows us reality, even when it doesn't jive with our expectations, or calls us to do something we are afraid to do, or otherwise do not want to do. The disciple does not have the freedom to follow the Jesus of his own construction, but only the real Jesus, the Jesus who reveals himself to us. As a real disciple, you follow Jesus even when it means you will end up on the wrong side of a hostile world. In fact, in in this chapter from John's Gospel, it is illustrated the fact that the disciples of Jesus will likely find themselves at odds with the established religious leadership. And of course, recent events in our own communion demonstrate that the cost of discipleship is no less costly today. But the primary teaching of Jesus, or the primary teaching that Jesus would have us hold on to, is that of his identity, who he is. He wants us to hold on to, you will know I am. Elsewhere, Jesus summarizes this identity in the words also from John's Gospel, when he said, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except by me. If you hold fast to that revelation, then you are a real disciple of Jesus. It may make us uncomfortable to admit to others that Jesus is God, or admit to others that Jesus is the exclusive path to reconciliation with God. But a true disciple is one who believes what the Master says and who the Master is. The focus of the disciple is Jesus, who is the truth and who sets us free. Free from our bondage to self-centeredness, free from our bondage to sin. Pilate had the truth standing right there before him, and he asked the correct answer. What is truth? But he did not receive the answer to his question because he didn't wait for it. Jesus is the truth. And his life and death are the revelation of the truth. Jesus is the way to God. And Jesus is the way to live in God's presence today. Our sin is the equivalent of Pilate's turning his back on Jesus. It blinds us to the truth and consigns us to the prison of a life without ultimate meaning. However, just as Jesus remained there when Pilate turned away, Pilate said, what is truth? Pilate turned away and Pilate walked out. 
Jesus remained right there. And in our life, Jesus stands there waiting for us to acknowledge him. To acknowledge him not only as our Savior, but as the Lord of our lives. Jesus told the Pharisee Nicodemus that just as Moses lifted up the snake in the desert, so the Son of Man must be lifted up, that everyone who believes in him may have eternal life. The transforming truth that is the gospel is that Jesus is the Son of God who became a living human being, but lived his life without sin. Therefore, he was the perfect fulfillment of the requirements for the perfect sacrifice for human sin. When he died on the cross, he provided the opportunity for us to be free from our bondage to sin and liberated us from the punishment for sin, which is death apart from God. He is the only way to our reconciliation with God because he's unique the one and only incarnate Son of God, and the only human being who has ever lived without sin. But this reconciliation with God is not only something for us to look forward to in the next life, but it's also a reality that is available to us in this life. If we are disciples of Jesus, then we are firstborn sons of the Father. It makes no difference about our gender, whether we're male or female. We are firstborn sons. Why is that important? Because throughout history until probably the last hundred years, as you know if you've, you've watched Downton Abbey, the firstborn son is the full inheritor of the whole kingdom. When Jesus says that we are firstborn sons, and it is, it is taught even further by St. Paul, we know that we are full inheritors. We don't just get a little piece. We're just not children of God. But we are full inheritors of the kingdom. And we can live that way now. We are heirs and sons. The God of all creation is our Father. And He's a Father who loves us so much that He would die for us while we were still rebelling in our sin. Rebelling against Him, the very One who loves us and would sacrifice Himself for us. He calls us His children and has proven His incredible love to us throughout the history of creation. From the making of us to the calling of Israel through Abraham to the fulfilling of the promise through the sending of our Lord Jesus Christ, through the Holy Spirit coming down and forming the church. He has loved us throughout creation. So how much more secure can we be? But that's not all. He has made us heirs and inheritors of the kingdom. Therefore, we are significant. Our lives have significance, not only on this side of the grave, but beyond. Once we recognize the truth, we will be free to live altruistic lives without anxiety. We are called to love with the love of God. Love God, love our neighbor. And that love is to be a self-giving love, not a self-fulfilling love. But as long as we lack security and significance, we can't do that. 
So God provides that for us. He provides the very modality of, of, of obedience to us that we cannot have on our own. And then we will be able to give ourselves to others without fear of being diminished. We will live into the full potential of who we are created to be. We will be free indeed. However, that freedom comes only from knowing the truth. The only way to know the truth is to be a disciple of Jesus. And the only way to be a disciple is to turn back and to follow him. It is a relationship based on faith. Faith, which is an enacted belief. As the famous John 3.16 passage tells us, everyone who believes in the incarnate Son will have eternal life. It is not enough to know the truth. We need to live the truth. We do that as disciples holding fast to Jesus' teaching. The key that unlocks the door to truth is faith in the Son. For Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. Only through faith in his death and resurrection can we be freed from the fetters of our sin and live as true children of God, now and forever. And now... May the God of peace who brought again from the dead our Lord Jesus Christ, the great shepherd of the sheep through the blood of the everlasting covenant, make you perfect in every good work to do his will, working in you that which is well-pleasing in his sight. And the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be among you and remain with you always.